Welcome back to the Low Bottom High Rise podcast. Oh my goodness, you guys. My guest today, David Meltzer, you are just going to be blown away and just so pleasantly, I don't want to say surprised because a lot of you guys might know already who he is. But again, somebody I followed on Instagram, someone whose work I admire wildly. And what was so fun about this episode was I really felt like that I met an old friend. Like there was such a connection and a connection to serve, a connection of heart. And, you know, he is such a force in the world. He's a speaker, an author, an entrepreneur. He was actually, here's a little fun fact that you'll find out, co-founder of Sports One Marketing. And that company was the inspiration behind the movie Jerry Maguire, which is just a fascinating little fact, but a small one in comparison to what he's doing in the world. And, you know, he, like I said, he's such a force in the world. He shares so powerfully. Yet when we connected on this episode, it was just such a heart connection. And and I got to see just such a huge hearted man that is truly one of his missions is to empower over one billion people in the world to be happy. And if you go to his website, I love that the quote on the front page says, make a lot of money, help a lot of people, have a lot of fun. And that to me, that speaks to my soul. I don't know if it does yours, but you guys just settle in for a great conversation with David Meltzer. Well, David, I am so honored and excited to have you on the show today. Um, I've been a follower and a fan for a long time. And, you know, just before the episode, I was, I went to your website just to kind of recap my own, my own mind of your background. But will you give um, the viewers, the the listeners kind of, you know, the short story elevator pitch almost of what you do, who you are. And then I always kind of love the story of like, how did you end up here? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. If I knew what it was going to take to be where I am, I probably wouldn't be here. Let's just put it that way. I'd be too afraid to go through what I've gone through. Yeah. Um, but I'm a speaker, author, entrepreneur on a mission to empower over a billion people to be happy. My Love expertise it. lies through a journey of teaching people to make a lot of money mm-hmm. and have a relationship with money to do so. Uh, yes. to help a lot of people to understand giving. And this is the time of year that I love to talk about giving, receiving, and witnessing as one. And of course, to be happy, to have a lot of fun doing it, to yeah. enjoy the consistent, everyday, persistent pursuit of their potentials. And through an eclectic uh, career <laughs> and background, I've gathered the lessons and the light and the love to help empower uh, over a billion people. And I look to people like you, because mm. people always ask me, how the hell are you going to do that? And it's <laughs> finding a thousand people like you or Bedros to empower you, to empower a thousand, to empower yeah. a thousand. So as I see you as a shining rising star wow. and seeing you on more stages and more content, it fills my heart to know that the legacy of what I want to do with my content, with my lessons, with what I call the dummy tax, uh, <laughs> to allow you to have an easier road to ease the happiness. I love that so much. You know, it's it's rare to find those people, and I, I feel like I'm one of them, you're one of them, Pedros is one of them, that have this drive and this fire and this, you know, this type A, we want to win, but also just like at our at the core, I can I can feel your heart, you know, to serve others. And 
it's rare, I think, in our world, and it's it's becoming a little bit more common to see the message of money being from a place of heart, you know, realizing our worth, realizing that money allows us the freedom to really impact the world. And, you know, I've experienced that kind of in the last 10 years when you kind of get to a place financially where you're like, I don't personally really need anything else. And even there, a lot of people stop. And I remember having a conversation with my husband. He's like, why are you still driving so hard? And I'm like, because it's not about us anymore. It's about what we can do in the world. And and that we're called to that. So can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, it's ironic that you talk about that because, you know, one of the branding mechanisms is I ran the most notable sports agency in the world. They made mm-hmm. the movie Jerry Maguire uh, about my firm. And there's a I mean, can we just stop there for a second? That is the coolest thing ever. I mean, (laughs) it is one of the most epic movies of all time. And that came from your life. That is awesome. Yeah, I was blessed to run that firm. And it was more Lee Steinberg's life, but I was blessed to be a part of it. And it's interesting, one of the most famous lines, which everyone knows from the movie uh, that Cameron Crowe was so brilliant in, in writing, was you complete me. And what you're discussing is something that I learned from that movie, this dichotomy, this reconciliation between compete and complete. Mm. And there's very few people that understand how those two reconcile with one another, that I'm a fierce competitor. I'm ferocious when it comes to competition, but my competition is directed towards completion of a whole. And so when you talk about money, because that's for me, one of the driving lessons that pain has indicated in my life to learn. I truly, in the first half of my life, believe that money would buy me everything that I wanted. Right. And what I learned through that competition, and trust me, that is a competition that's never won. Um, mm-hmm. What I learned is that money will never buy everything that you want, yeah. but it allows you to shop. Mm. And if you shop for the right things, like I build build villages in Africa, I have a junior achievement award. I'm chief chancellor of junior achievement to inspire. We were nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize, over 100 million alumni of young entrepreneurs, 15 to 25. But if you shop for the right things, like those things, Mm -hmm. then you will be happy because you are completing other people's dreams. And so competition and completion are reconciled and there's no better movie to show that reconciliation than taking a sports agent, one of the most fierce competitive spaces in the entire world, which I was a part of, and put a purpose of completion. And what makes Jerry Maguire so beautiful is that it's not a sports film at all. It is a love story, a completion Mm -hmm. story, that is put within the context of a backdrop of competition of the most fierce competition called the NFL. And that's why so many people, they don't know why here we are 30 years later and they love the movie and they're so impressed that, you know, somehow I ran that sports agency (laughs) when the truth is, you know, it's the competition and completion story that I want to resonate with so many people so that they can become whole. Oh, that is so good. So good. And did you really just say it's been 30 years? <laughs> yeah, I'm old. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm realizing that myself too. Um, that's crazy. So I love that competition and completion because I've never seen it that way or heard it worded that way. And 
you know, one of the things that I wanted to ask too, because I, I don't know how people like you and I kind of, sometimes I look back on my own life and I think, how did I get to the place where I believed that I was worthy of wealth, where I believed that I was worthy or capable of, you know, these dreams, like you're saying, building a school in Africa, like truly changing the world. And I think probably for me, I did it through just immersing myself in the personal growth world and some of the greatest thought leaders present and historically to really shift my belief system that it is possible for all of us. But as a coach, how do you get people? I feel like 99% of our population is just stuck with the ceiling of unbelief for what is possible for their life. Yeah, it's so brilliant because you can never overachieve your own self-image. So I start there. Uh, you know, I'm one of the unique coaches, mentors, and teachers. So I do all three. A mentor is someone that is where you want to be and can give you directions. So if you want to be a speaker or a podcaster or whatever, I can give you directions on how to get to where I am. But a, a coach is someone that brings the most out of you. Yeah, I don't have to be the greatest podcaster or speaker, but if I can bring the best out of you and you look Mm -hmm. at Tiger Woods or Michael Jordan, they always had coaches and their coaches were never better than them. They weren't where they they, they were. (laughs) And then teachers is for me the most difficult. It's how do I meet you where you're at and teach you how to take the steps to get to where I am or teach you how to bring the most out of yourself. And the first rule is that you can never overachieve your self-image. So let's start there. What yeah, is your I self-image? Mean, what you just said right there, you just kind of glossed over it a second ago. And I'm like, I think that quote needs to go on your Instagram. You can never <laughs> overachieve your self-image. And that's something I teach a lot. It's like, instead of focusing on grinding and the how and the strategy, it's like, we need to put a lot more emphasis on you know your identity, really. And a okay. lot of people just don't do that work. No, and they don't even know they should do that work. And when you do identify that, then the second step, and I know you do this as well, um, being a mindset, heart set, and handset coach, that ferocious Buddha uh, that you are, (laughs) and and I try to be, um, that you um, have to be able to then shift a paradigm. And and it's a simple paradigm to understand, and then you have to practice it. So most people, ferocious people, competitive people, they want to get more healthy, more wealthy, more worthy, right? All the mores. Yeah. And what I teach is when I understand your self-image and what you like about your self-image and what you don't like, I then teach you to shift the paradigm to say, I am. Mm. I am that I am. Yes. I have you read the Moses Code or some other books yes. that teach I am. And then I say, let's together say this. I am healthy. Mm-hmm. I am wealthy. Yeah. I am worthy. What am I? I am happy. What am I doing to interfere with it? And then the progress that I give people and the focus that we look at utilizing the mathematical equation of luck, paying attention and giving intention to Mm. the coincidences we want is derived from a perspective of I am, but what am I doing to interfere with what Mm. I am? And so I talk about, for me, whether you're spiritual, religious, philosophical, or theoretical about this, I believe you have to have some theory, some spirituality, some religion, and some philosophy about there's just something bigger than me. Right. An omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that loves me more than my mom. Therefore, I am 
Therefore, I am protected and promoted by the pain, setbacks, failures, and mistakes, by the kicks in the mouth, teeth, gut, whatever I'm taking every day. Now I can use time as a dependent variable to say, how much time am I spending outside of what I truly believe, outside of my best self, outside of the pursuit of that trajectory of what I think I want? That is a radical way to come about that because I'm a huge believer in the power of I am. I think it's the two, I mean, we know it's the two most powerful words in the English language or any language, but so often, you know, I'm a big believer in, you know, law of attraction and all of this other stuff. And so it's like, focus on the positive, focus on the positive, but to allow yourself that space to say, but what, what am I doing? That's obviously a negative to impede myself from fully living into those I am statements. And I think a lot of people just try to hammer the I am statements over their head and they're not really doing that examination that you're talking about. That is so powerful. Um, Something that you said in a video that I saw, and, and I can remember this being a huge aha because as an achiever, as a, you know, more, 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 you're a lot of us are always looking for what's my purpose? What's my purpose? What's my purpose? And and we f- just find ourselves lost because we're also staying in the energy, right? Of I can't figure it out and, and I don't know what it is. And I remember hearing that it's it's very easy that all of our purpose, every single person on the planet, our purpose is to live into our potential. And you talked about that, and that was a huge moment for me. But can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I would love to. So understanding we are blessed with a genetic and energetic inheritance. Mm -hmm. And those are our basements. Mm -hmm. Everybody from that basement has a potential. So for example, I wanted to be a professional football player. Mm -hmm. My basement is much lower than Marshall Falk's basement, who's now a Hall of Fame running back. Right. Not to say that in my career, and I was an average Division Three football player, that the delta between where my basement is and what I achieved may actually be higher than that of Marshall Falk. Right. And so when we look at things in that dynamic of potential, we start realizing that my thoughts about my purpose are my purpose. And if Mm -hmm. I can enjoy... And I stress the word enjoy the consistent every day, persistent without quit, that competitive, ferocious pursuit of my own potential. Because when we're in search of our why, we're actually looking and saying, I'm searching for what is missing. Right. Do you want your why to be missing? Right. 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 Do you want your, right? We focus in on shortages, voids, and obstacles. We're going to get more shortages, voids, and obstacles. If you look at what you don't have, you're going to get more of what you don't have. Right. And so just in its application, do you want to be in search, right, of not having a why? And so I talk about utilizing this idea of applying our why. Hmm. I am intellectual, intuitive, and inspired. Desire determines my ceiling. Desire determines my potential, Mm. not my skills and my knowledge. My skills and my knowledge are my basement. They're genetically and energetically inherited into what we do. From that point, 
Our skills and our knowledge become the basement in which we build off of with desire. Desire requires applying our why, our inspiration, our into, uh, intellect, and our intuition. Mm. All are a process of understanding that the thoughts about my purpose are my purpose. And when we talk about clearing the interference between us and our purpose or our why, because uh, that's what we're doing, mm-hmm. I have a great epiphany this year, which I love, is you know I'm only one thought yeah. Usually a forgiving one, by the way, but I'm only mm. one thought away from being at ease. Because uh, remember, the interference is disease. Yes. And so the ease is the flow. In fact, I've coined a phrase that, you know, I'm probably the greatest influencer on Instagram, on LinkedIn. I'm yeah. an influencer because influencer. I, I love it. Right. Because <laughs> they're spreading the flu, they're, yeah. they're spreading disease. <laughs> Influencers are spreading that. You're an influencer like me. Uh, We're spreading the flow. We're clearing the flu. We're clearing the disease. We are allowing you to live in a state of potential that is according to your basement, your skills, your knowledge, and teaching you how to apply the desire, the Mm. intellect, intuition, and inspiration that we're all blessed with. Yes. Oh my gosh. And desire is my ceiling. Desire is my ceiling. Because, you know, even for me, I have these epic dreams and, and things that I think that I'm called to. And, you know, then the fear and the doubt creeps in where I think, am I crazy? Like, is that truly possible? And I I always teach, I don't believe that you have a desire in your heart for it to go unfulfilled. I believe if a desire is in your heart, it is meant for you. Intuition. But what do you, yeah, what do you do in those moments of like doubt and fear? Yeah, this is a fantastic question as well, because um, number one, realize that fear is omnipresent. Mm-hmm. It's part of our being. Right. It's there for a purpose. And so number one, we have to identify fear. So I define fear in a multiple and multitudes of ways. So I have a whole list that I usually ramble off. If you've heard my interviews, right? It's the need to be separate, inferior, superior, anxious, frustrated, angry, guilty, resentful, et cetera, et cetera. Worrying, one of the biggest wastes of emotion based off of fear. So if I practice identifying when fear presents itself, in let's say worrying, because that's Mm -hmm. one of the things that almost everyone wastes so much time, emotion, and money on, called worry and they're usually worrying about things that never happen or in worse they're worrying about things now they're wishing for the things they don't want to happen now they're increasing the statistical success of it (laughs) happening totally so when we identify it now i think to myself okay i've identified worry Mm -hmm. how am i supposed to utilize it now there's two Mm -hmm. ways to utilize fear one is inherent in the nature of fear the purpose of fear it's to flee fight feed or fornicate all our, our activities of motivation. Right. All yeah. our, and so fear can be used to motivate, to get started. Right. To get restarted, to get back up or, or get, the, you know, back up or, or get there. Well, then if I decide this isn't a time for fear to motivate me, mm-hmm. then there's only one other alternative. This fear should be utilized to get me out of my own way. Mm. So how do I do that? Three steps. One, instead of fighting it, fleeing from it, and that's like denial or fighting it right. could be overanalyzing it, outlogicking it, uh, going over, under, or through it, uh, mm-hmm. feeding it, right? Right. And so we oversell it, back end sell it, lie to it, cheat it, 
uh, or fornicate it, which means we're reproducing it exponentially, right. accelerating <laughs> yeah. into it. So instead of doing what fear is meant to do, to get us up, get us started, get back started, get back started, uh, get started, get back started. Now I stop instead of those things. Instead mm. of that activity, I simply stop. Then I breathe. Mm. I get to center to neutral. And then I drop down to neutral or center. And then I remind, remember, and recollect. Mm. What do you think you're reminding with? Recollecting with? remembering with, I would venture to say there's an omniscient, all powerful, all knowing that you're remembering, reminding. And when we remember, remind and recollect with source, we then can roll in what we want, not what we don't want, what's missing, what's interfering with us. We're utilizing fear. So identify fear, realize that when fear is present, that our mind, our body, and soul are on fire so we can get up, get started, get back up, get mm-hmm. back started. Or we can put out the fire by stopping, yeah. dropping, and rolling into I what we it. want. And you're, I mean, you're speaking my language, like all everything you're saying, you're speaking my language. It's rare. I feel like there are not many people in this world that can really truly speak and get this language that you're you're talking And I love that you said, go to neutral first, breathe, you know, that is very hard for type A overachievers. And I don't think I learned that until my forties for sure. And it's so important because you can't get from a fearful, you know, low energy state and just get your, you can't like sit there and and try to force gratitude or force, you know, joy. It's like, you have to shift to neutral first. And And so for me, I've done that a lot of ways where, you know, I just got to get up and get out of the house and look at the trees and take a walk. And just like you're saying, get to neutral and then you can shift to this higher energy state. Um, A couple more thoughts before you leave, because I could talk to you for hours. Um, And this keeps coming up. So I'm just going to say it because it's on my mind. You know, we haven't talked about faith and I don't necessarily want to dig deep into that, but I I'm so aware these days that I work with a lot of people that are very, very, you know, faithful and they have really convicted faiths, yet they struggle so much with their self-image and what's possible and unbelief. And it was just this past year that I was thinking, you can't tell me that you believe in this thing that has so much power and is all good that made you and then not believe in yourself. Don't you, do you see that major disconnect that I see? Yeah, I I simply put it, it absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And it's something that I try my best to help people. And I've broken it down simplistically to most people that have this faith that illustrate the type of behavior of insecurities and fear that you're talking about, they somehow think that an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source punishes you like your mom. Right. Doesn't protect you and promote you. And I have to tell you this quick story, and I know I'm going over on time, but I have to, because I, I teach people in this manner about faith. Yeah. When I was three years old, I have this unbelievable mom. If you know my history, raised six kids on her own, packed my dinner in a paper bag. They all went to Harvard, Penn, Columbia, and just one of the strongest, most beautiful women that have ever been created. But 
She never yelled at me and she never hit me. She Jewish guilted me and woke me up early in the morning, but she never hit me and never yelled at me, except for one time I can remember when I was three years old, I reached out to touch a stove at the house that was on. And she slapped the crap out of my hand and screamed at me, no. And I immediately cried. I, I was in shock. I looked up to her and I bawling. I'm like, mom, what did I do? Why are you punishing me? Why, why would you cause me this pain? You're yelling at me. You hit me. Why? And she immediately hugged me. And she said, no, no, sweetheart. I'm not punishing you. I'm protecting you. Mm. I'm promoting you. You just don't know what the stove is going to do to you. I know it looks like it's something that you want to touch, but it's not something that you want to touch. I know better than you. And to me, this is the crux of faith. If I'm truly faithful, like you said, there's an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that loves me and created me the same way my mom created me. Yeah. There's no way she's going to let anything hurt me. Right. So, but the only way that she can teach me sometimes is to say, look, your girlfriend left you for a reason, brother, because she's fire. She's going to burn you. There's a reason you didn't get that job. Yeah. Because it's not good for you. You just don't know. I know because I'm omniscient and all powerful and I love you more than even your mom. So I'm sorry I have to yell at you. I'm sorry I have to hit you. I'm sorry that you have to go through the pain, the setbacks and the failures Mm. to indicate that there's a better place, a better position, a better place to be in. And Mm. that to me is how I help people understand faith. I let and question them. Do you really believe do you say, think, mm-hmm. believe, and feel this? Because I do the majority of the time. And if I don't, I use time as a dependent variable to get better and say to myself, how much time am I spending in fear? And am right. I spending less time in fear today than I did yesterday? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, what a powerful story. I mean, I'll rem- I will remember that for the rest of my life. It reminds me of the image. Have you ever seen the image of God bending down to a little girl and he's taking away the tiny teddy bear and she's bawling her eyes out and he has a giant one behind his back. You know, it's like, you don't understand why I'm taking this to give you this something much bigger and much more powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, David, thank you so much for your time today. Um, I mean, honestly, I feel like this has been the biggest gift in my life today. It's not often that I go back and listen to my own podcasts. I am going to go back and listen to this, I think this afternoon, right away, just to soak in your knowledge and your, your heart in your words. It's just been amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. I just remind everyone to be kind to their future self, do good deeds this holiday season. Absolutely. Thanks, David. Thank you. What an incredible human. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. You guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, We are doing something really fun this year that we are going to the reviews on, um, on your favorite podcast platform. And we're picking a winner once a month to send a surprise growth package to. So it is, I love surprises. I love giving gifts. It is definitely one of my love languages. There's nothing more fun than reaching out to somebody 
that is a supporter and a follower of the podcast and saying, I've got something amazing I want to send you. Can you send me your mailing address? So make sure you do that. Tag me in your posts on Instagram. I will definitely see it that way and make it a great day, you guys. 